Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, bow bow bow. I'm Sad Nifty Delaney, say what? Um, welcome along, it's the Noel Christmas Odyssey, we're looking at Noel Edmonds' uh, live live Christmas breakfast from 1985 from BBC One, it's on YouTube, I'm sure you can find it using those words that I just used uh, to describe it, um, it's two hours long, we're into the third episode. This could go to about 10 episodes. Hopefully it won't, because it'll end up in fucking February. It'll be irrelevant. Uh, We're at the stage where there's a pre-record of people running up the 816 stairs of Telecom Tower where this uh, broadcast takes place, and they're doing that in order to win the chance to run up the 816 stairs of Telecom Tower live. So it's a kind of um, qualification event. So this is... Lots of people doing it. It's because there's, there's lots of... Obviously, it's like the London Marathon or other fun runs. There's people in costume. There's people fucking uh, doing it all sorts of different wacky kinds of ways. So, obviously, not everyone's going to qualify, but they're, they're, they're making their point. I think some of them are doing it for sponsorship reasons. I, I don't know. I tend to zone out. I, see stuff I, I really... As a form of entertainment, I, I find... People doing charity contests, mm. athletic contests, so boring. Yeah. And I feel that there's an element of it that you're supposed to pretend to like it because it's for charity, but I don't feel under yeah. any obligation to pretend it's entertaining to me. I respect what they're doing and I'll sponsor it too. But it's yeah. like, you know, the televised, like watching the London Marathon is obviously the greatest example. It's like so boring. Mm. But they it's the contrived fun that only the BBC... The BBC are the world experts in contrived fun, aren't they? Pretty They'll, much, yeah. They show shit. I, I heard Russell Brand the other day talk about it, talk about something and refer to it as a bit of a Blue Peter, right? And he said, uh, and he said it's like Blue Peter. I can't remember what he was talking about, but he was going, something that's like Blue Peter is one of those things where something's being presented to you as entertainment, but you know you have extremely strong suspicions even as a kid that there's something else going on and that it in fact isn't entertainment at all it's quite boring and it is yeah. trying to teach you something mm. that you don't really need or want to know and that obviously he's right about that Blue Peter is the perfect example of that no one's ever enjoyed an episode of Blue Peter <laughs> do you know what I mean? yeah. even when they've had like really fit presenters you still can't quite drag the, yourself through a the, whole episode. The charity thing, though, charity is always a cloak to kind of validate shit content. Absolutely fucking right. This, I mean, this, you know, comic relief, fucking yeah. um, children in need, right? It's all bollocks, and this is just the same. It's like, oh, look at them! They're, but at the end of the day, these are anonymous cunts running up some fucking stairs. It was, and by the way, 
we can't even see them run upstairs. We see them start and then we see them end. But you can't see them running upstairs because in those days the cameras were too fucking big. You can't have them all rigged up exactly. on the narrow staircase. Exactly. What happens in between? Because it's just a really tight staircase. It was, it was two, 2014 World Cup. I wrote a piece for the Mirror Online, which was a roundup of all of the World Cup songs for England, all of the unofficial ones. I think I don't yeah. even know if there was an official one that year because there is always a glut of World Cup songs, and yeah. the quality ranges from fucking awful to unlistenable usually <laughs> so I did a roundup because they all had YouTube videos as well so you yeah. just embed the YouTube clip write a couple of paragraphs taking the piss out of it nice bit of content but yeah. they all had one thing in common and it was they were all doing them for charity so you've got oh, these yeah. fellas it's always fellas doing yeah. these things these songs these awful songs and they're dressing up on a municipal football pitch somewhere Maybe they've yeah. got someone with a big lion costume or something like that, and they're doing this yeah. song, and it's fucking awful, but they're doing it for a local charity, so that validates it somehow. That no, validates it. fucking no. Just fucking don't do it. Yeah, and we're not going to fall for it. You're almost... What they're doing is they're almost daring you to criticise it. Yeah, yeah. Because then they can go, Well, they're insulating oh, themselves from criticism, aren't they? Yeah, but, it, they, but to me, I say no. You yeah. can call something that shit, shit. doesn't matter if it's for a good yeah. cause. I'll you know, sit like you. A, yeah. Come back in three months once your single's been out. Tell me how much you raised for that charity. I'll bet you it was yeah. less than 35 quid. The This thing where he, he basically, they set them off at the bottom of the tower. And as they're given the signal, they're sort of like there's a gap between each run-up so that each of them gets a bit <laughs> yeah. of a gap to run up. And it's fucking amazing how seriously these people are taking it. Because when they yeah. get the signal, they charge into this staircase. And one, and this is this happens without comment from Noel or anyone else, runs so fast into the stairwell that he crashes. You just see him. You hear a big bang, and he, you see him bounce back and yeah. land in a, a in a in a sort of heap on the floor. And then he just gets up and fucking runs up the staircase. It's fucking insane. And you would think that it's Noel's ideal type of content as well because it's a mishap. But Noel misses it. But this is years before Steve Coogan invented Alan Partridge. Yeah. But nevertheless, this is one of the greatest accidental partridges I've ever seen and must have been a seed for the character somewhere, is that Noel is sort of commentating from his position in the studio on each of these runners as they set off. Yeah. And they're all men... Uh, and they all have foreign names. That's the other thing. He goes, do we have any English people taking part in it this year? Because they're all called Fernando. And we go, absolutely ridiculous. He's laughing and yeah. sort of critiquing them for having foreign names. So that's one bit. of. But then it, it gets more partridge than that because um, I'm trying to find it. I've got it written down here. He, A woman, the first woman yes. comes on, right? Yeah. And he goes, and there she is. Showing a nice, pretty ankle. It starts goes, with her ankle, doesn't it? Yeah. He goes, there she is, showing a nice, pretty ankle there. And the rest ain't bad either. Oh, he has just eight, which is so partridge oh, as well, isn't man. it? He has a nice, pretty ankle, and the rest ain't bad either. And then he goes on to say, yeah. we had to hold back the camera crew to stop them running after to her. stop them running after her, I know. What do you Jesus mean? Jesus Christ. What, do, what are you suggesting? That, that they were going to... Run after into a staircase and assault her, the whole camera crew, and that's funny to you. And film it. That's funny. Yeah. That you had to. That you're claiming 
that the the camera crew was so aroused by this female runner, which you seem to think in itself is inherently sexual. The fact that there is a woman who is running. Whoa, she's a bit sporty. And I'll tell you another sport she's bound to love, sexual intercourse. Why else would she be doing all this exercise other than to stay fit to have sex with a man? It's fucking grim. And then he goes, we had to hold back the camera crew. What are you talking about, Noel? You had to literally hold back a camera crew. That's a dark stairwell. You yeah. said that all these yeah, horrible the cameramen were going to chase her and try to have sex with her. No, it was only a joke. They didn't really. Obviously, I was joking. Yeah, but you've created that idea yeah, now. They've thought about and it. And you've created it as a frivolous throwaway remark. But it's We've not thought frivolous, about it. is it? Yeah. Get a sense of humour. What are you, the woke patrol? <laughs> And he also says, um, I don't think I've ever seen such a mad bunch, although Smitty's got a few down at Rusper. (laughs) (laughs) Neither of these sets of people are fucking mad. They're all really boring. One lot are just like, they're just tedious people who want to run up a fucking tower on Christmas Day. They get interviewed later on and they are proper boring. They're really boring. It's the sort of thing that boring people want to do. I mean... No offence, but usually sort of people who pop up on Facebook constantly doing some charity thing. Yeah. They're very often quite boring people, right? Um, not saying charity's boring. Give to charity. Do things to, to raise charity. But I'm just saying your, your real massive charity mates are usually boring. And the cunts that Smitty's got in the stockbroker belt are all proper fucking Daily Mail, Middle England, tedious wankers. You yeah. think it's funny to just be doing that thing where you spin around a broom and then run a race. Yeah. Yeah, the only real rebel is Ice Boar, who burst out of the exploding fridge. He's different level, but we get I him mean, later on. No, if you, these are the biggest bunch of loons you've ever encountered, then you've led a more sheltered life than I imagine. But considering the amount of fucking pop bands and rock bands that you interviewed in the 1970s on Radio 1 yeah. and met on top of the pops... I mean, you know, you must have hung out with, I don't know, Slade loads of times. They've got to be madder than these guys. <laughs> you reckon? They must He's have been. He's probably terrified of Slade, though. This... Uh, those guys are pretty uh, They're pretty weird. I, I have as little to do with them as possible. <laughs> Unpredictable and often drunk. I try to keep my contact with them to a minimum. <laughs> Obviously, I had certain obligations as a broadcaster to speak with them. They were the number one rock act in the country at the time. But, uh, but as soon as we were off there, I met. cut all ties. I made my boundaries yeah. very clear. <laughs> they worked for me. So then we go around the regions again. Somebody in Manchester has turned up with a door, as requested, in case you missed the last <laughs> but, episode. But how much of this was real? You know, the eggs and the doors, hmm. which are both... To be fair, really great classic Noel ideas. And also yeah. in that era as well, we think of the sort of shows that were on like fucking Pebble Mill at one or nationwide, right? Mm. These were pretty mad things that he was suggesting. Now that kind yeah. of wacky TV anarchy, we're all very used to it. But actually it's a brilliant idea to say, right, turn up, where this is where our camera crew is, turn yeah. up with a fucking door of Friday. It's great. Yeah. Low, but, random. Yeah, it is. It's fucking funny. And but I don't I think I don't for a moment believe that that happens spontaneously. It all looks produced to me. 
And oh, I think it did, because you think about there's millions of people watching this, right? And the thing then was not so much now. There was only there was only four channels, so yeah, everyone's so watching the same thing. And people then would have fucking crawled over broken glass to get on the telly. It was a massive badge of honour. I've been on the telly. Fucking yeah. Dave's been on the telly. Tell them about it, Dave. He was on the telly. Yeah, yeah I took a daughter Manchester. The first ones that came on, they were, I can't remember whether the charity workers or something, and the door, they were only based down the road. So it yeah. might have been at and home they, so they all claimed that the door, he, Noel was desperate for them to admit that they had purposefully unhinged the door. Yes, he was really all irritated, of, all wasn't All the ones he? he spoke to, he yeah. was like, did you unhinge this? And yeah. they disappointed him every time because yeah, all of them like, claimed, no, nah, nah, lying around. the door was lying around. But <laughs> someone's lying. Someone is lying. It might be them yeah. because they're trying to play it cool. They don't want to admit, I was so desperate to be on TV that yeah. I really quickly unhinged my own door, right? <laughs> I basically, like, vandalised my own home just for, like, two seconds of fame. So they're like, oh, no, I just, uh, oh, no, I wouldn't have gone that far. I happened to be in the neighbourhood with a door anyway. No, I believe them. I was like, them. for I fuck's believe, sake. I believe them all. They had, they had like, doors <coughs> in their garden or something, replacement doors or whatever. Yeah. None of them have been unhinged, and this really fucks Noel off. He hadn't thought about this. He thought someone was going to unhinge the doors and <laughs> yeah. take them along. This I hadn't thought it off. through. That's not like me. That was sloppy. And, and, yeah, it never occurred to me. People might have random doors just lying around. I don't know God what it's like it. in the regions. Maybe in the regions, everyone has spare doors. Some of them have their fences made out of doors, apparently. <laughs> God, let's abandon the door thing. So the, the, Cancel um, the doors. Then, Michael, Michael Hull. Noel to Michael. Noel to Michael. <laughs> Cancel the door. Red flag on turns, the door. Someone in Newcastle turns up with a car door. Yeah. And a bloke turns up in Northern Ireland with a garage door, but that's one of the best bits. Yeah. Well, obviously, bit. Northern Ireland repeatedly sort of <laughs> delivers ups the stakes. Yeah, you go around all the other regions; it's all like, ha, ah, quite mad. And then you get to Northern Ireland; it's like, fucking mental, mate. I, oh, what's happening in Ireland? I have just killed a man. <laughs> what? I have killed a human being and severed his head. Is this? And I bring it to you, Noel, as an offering at Christmas. As an, Offering to you, Noel Edmonds. Is this, is this what you wanted? Is it, Noel? No, it's not. <laughs> but that's the thing about this. It is yours. When he's, whenever he's interacting with Ireland, he's always slightly nervous because this shit happens. And he knows that's really partridge as well, isn't it? He's like nervous around Irish people. Yeah. He's intimidated <laughs> by them. <laughs> he laughs but, nervously. Look. Michael, uh, when we cross to Ireland, just get me in and out as quick as possible. I want to keep the interaction to a minimum. Michael, do we have to go to Ireland? <laughs> we Anything can do, happen. We do. No, no, we really do. We go, we're going to go to Scotland. We're going to go to Wales. We've got to go to Ireland. Otherwise, it's going to look really bad. Oh, let's no, keep I've it to told a minimum. before, they can't get you from there. Wow, they've got mi- rockets and missiles they can fire. They know where I am. They can't get me today, but they can issue threats. <laughs> Look what happened to McQuarter. <laughs> Record breakers are going to be on the their list. <laughs> so then, so someone's brought a door to Manchester, and then, 
another game emerges which wasn't teed up earlier, which is a glass stacking game. They've come up with this game where they've got a tray, a drinks tray, and there's a glass in each uh, corner, and then another yeah. tray on top, and then four glasses, and etc. etc. And they're trying to make these towers of glasses stacked up on trays. So that gets launched um, just from fucking nowhere. We go across to Smitty, who is playing his musical badge that he's got on his costume. That's a good few seconds. Oh, he of thinks cheap that's content. hilarious, doesn't he? Yeah. Fucking hell! Over at Bristol, the fried eggs have arrived. The first fried <laughs> eggs. It's really, um, at this stage in the show, it's re- everything sort of coming to fruition. It's coagulating nicely, isn't just, it? Just as it's like bubbling it, up at this stage, I tell you, uh, Noel reminds me a little bit of his Emperor Palpatine in Return of the Jedi, <laughs> where all of his plans seem to be coming together. <laughs> you know, at the beginning, he, he's boasting a lot to Luke, like yeah. like Darth Vader brings Luke to him, and he's sat in his massive fucking chair, and he's just <laughs> boasting at Luke. He's going, yeah, yeah, fuck it, listen to this. Number one, I built a new Death Star. It's fully operational. I know you thought it wasn't, but it is. Number two, I have lured your friends into a trap on purpose. They're all coming. Number three, we know you've got a load of people down with the Ewoks. Don't worry, we've fucking stationed a load of stormtroopers down there to kill them. Number four, I'm converting you to the dark side. Bang. Right? What do you reckon? Now... I have foreseen this using my powers and it's all going to fucking unfold over the course of the rest of the film. Right? And Luke's going, Luke's going, is it fuck? And he's going, wait and see, fucker. And then no. there's a bit later where you actually, he's got a big window and he actually can point out the window so Luke goes, look, you come, right? Because you see all the fucking, all these, the rebel fighters coming and them all being fucking shot and blasted away. He's going, I fucking told you, look. Right, that is what Noel is like at this point on Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, Because yeah. the fried eggs are coming. The doors are coming. The doors are Smith coming. Smithy's fucking running in. Smithy has hit fifth gear. Right? Yeah. The jumbo jet's in the air. The crankies are going fucking mental. The people are running up the tower. <laughs> Everything is fucking unfolding as he has foreseen it. <laughs> Noel is basically like, I am a televisual chef and I'm making a stew. I've put the ingredients on. I've put the ingredients in the pot at noon and now they're all starting to bubble up together. Uh, look, just take Can a you smell. smell it? Take a smell. Can you smell the aromas wafting through the air? <laughs> Delicious, isn't it? That is what you call gourmet TV. That's exactly what it is. And I've got three fucking Michelin stars, you cunts. Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Jalapeño. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Jalapeño. So the fried eggs have arrived. Get, you mentioned the Michelin stars there, as my daughter pointed out the other day. The Michelin star. That's the same fucking giant cunt made out of tyres. Yeah, he's the one who dishes how, how them out. Come, how come he's advertising tyres and also the poshest restaurants in the world? There's no correlation <laughs> whatsoever. What's the fucking deal there? How did that come about? I think I it's because no it was... It was uh, I think I've always thought it's because it's... I can't remember what the book is called that they have, but... It, it's like, it's for when you've got a car with some really nice tyres on Michelin, they're the best, yeah, aren't they? Apparently. Are they the best? I don't know. Well, that's what, what the fella says. Yeah. That's what the Michelin what do fella you says. usually go for? Um, I just go for um, budget tyres. Part one. I, I ask for budget tyres, yeah. Get, I'll have your shittest tyres. Although now, I've got a few more quid than I had when I was younger, and I um, I go on a oh. website called Black Circles, and I'll go yeah, for that's like, the, second, I use, yeah. the second cheapest ones. <laughs> like what? Like when you order wine? Then you order second wine. Cheapest second cheapest on the menu. On the menu. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like to go for Pirelli because it just sounds the flashiest, sexy. doesn't it? Like the calendar. Yeah, sort of sexy Italian tyres. I, mean, I get that. I get the Pirelli calendar link between Pirelli tyres because the calendars were up in garages and mechanics mm. places. But but the the fucking gourmet food. The likes of Heston No, Blumenthal what it is, is it's like you're driving around France Electric on a gourmet soup. road trip, right? On your tyres. And your car's got Michelin tyres on. Yeah. And it goes, these are the restaurants you should stop at for a bit of dinner. Ah, so it's like, you trust us with your wheels, now trust us with these food recommendations. Trust us with your, t- with your wheels, why not trust us with your guts? And they just got carried away and ended up... Um, Turns out to be Michelin the gold standard, yeah. That, that figure's... Um, Anyway, back to this. The fried eggs have turned up in Bristol. But wait, we're not going to look at that now because the first idiot has arrived up the tower, as Noel says. Oh, and he is fucked, isn't he? He's about to pass out. Yeah, he needs medical attention. He is absolutely fucked. And how many floors is it? I can't remember. I I, I think it's about 24 or something. But it's 816 stairs. Not being flash, right? I run... As you know, I run like three, four times a week. I'm not a fucking marathon runner. I could fucking do that. I looked at that cunt and I thought, I could do the fucking telecom tower. I'm not saying I wouldn't break a sweat. I'd be knackered. But this guy, who's younger than me, right, he looks like he's going to drop dead. And that's when I I thought, it's not that fuck. I mean, it's knackering, but it's not a killer. And I thought to myself... That was the eighties. No one fucking exercised, did they? No, no jogging. So was he just was fucked. Out then, no, wasn't it? no uh, in the eighties, that seemed like been, now you switch and say everyone's a fucking CrossFit nutter or a fucking triathlete, yeah. right? And everyone's into like extreme fitness. But back then, just running up a few stairs was like considered like the act of a fucking lunatic. And he, he is practically dead. I mean, I'm genuinely worried. Yeah. Never mind that guy who died a year later. On this TV show, that could have been Noel's first precursor, death. Wasn't it? This guy's just—he look—he's puce. 
his abuse. <laughs> And he's stumbling about, he's disorientated, he's lost his marbles, and the producer's trying to grab him because he's clambering around. Noel's just laughing and calling him an idiot. I'm like, what are you doing? He needs medical attention. (laughs) I want to know as well why he was chosen to be the first one. Did he ask to be the first one? And if so, is that why he completely fucking went for it? He thought he was the best, and they yeah. thought he was the best. Maybe, but yeah. if that's the best they've got, and he practically drops dead at the end of it, that's what I'm saying. 1980s exercise was not a big thing, was it? Look at the <laughs> people who were considered fit. I always think about Terry McCann in Minder, right? He was supposed to have been a really good <laughs> yeah. boxer, and they always showed him at the beginning, didn't they? Yeah. Old vintage picture when he was a boxer. And I don't know why he'd had to quit boxing. But he was considered really physically fit. But all he did was drink lager, yeah. And smoke fags. And whenever you saw him with his top off, he sort of had tit, hairy tits. <laughs> but in the 80s, he passed for like a fine specimen of a man. He was an athlete. Well, this is it. I think Dennis Waterman was probably about 32 when mine started. And he looked 49. Yeah, yeah. His, his thinning hair, his yeah. fucking tobacco-stained eyes, lagery breath, hairy tits. But they least- fucking regarded him... I mean, all of these people, that, that was just the 80s. People just ate it fry-ups was, and smoked fags all day. It was two pints of dinner time and then drive around for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so the first idiot has arrived at the tower, as Noel says. He looks like he's going to pass out. Then we go back. Some more lads have brought some doors. None of them have been detached from door frames or anything like that. Noel's increasingly fucked off oh, by this. you mean. <laughs> right. I tell you what, the doors thing has fucking backfired big time. Heads are going to roll over that. All I can say, the only hope you've got now, guys, is if these fucking eggs turn up, they're well cooked, and those cunts eat them. We can salvage this, don't worry. It's the only way we're going to pull this show back from the brink of fucking disaster. So then, we go back to the jumbo jet that's flying around over Britain, um, and it's time to watch Fergal Sharky and his band. There's like 11 of them crammed on this plane. Uh, At this do... stage, though, just you know, before we get into what happens with Fergal Shark, uh, which is obviously one of the best bits on the show, yeah, I am again truly amazed. <laughs> All these things that you're not amazed by, but Noel says you should be. It's mm. hard in 2021 to look at it and sort of be impressed by them doing a fucking outside broadcast from Norwich, right? Mm. I know there's context, but it's really hard in the but. The one thing that I'm truly impressed and amazed by is the fact that they're broadcasting so well because it's clear as a fucking bell, this picture. There's no interruptions or anything like that, right, from this jumbo jet. But more than that, they're all... There's no, like, turbulence or anything. They're all fucking walking around. And Fergal Sharkey's band, we'll get onto it in more detail in a sec, they're all assembled. They're standing up. No one's got seatbelts on, right? Mm-hmm. There was a couple of moments, I'm not saying I actually believe this, where I thought, this is all um, This is just on the, on the... The plane's on the ground. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so perfect. Like, they're just... I mean, <clears throat> when you get up to go for a piss on a jumbo jet, Andy, right, you're a bit unsteady, aren't you? Yeah. Like, you stay in your seat most of the time. Yeah. I know when you go to America, if you're in, like... If you get into the posh bit of the plane, they do have a bar that you can stand up at. And I've been in that part of the plane a few times, but I've never had the balls to go and stand at the bar because I'm like, oh, no. Don't know what can happen. It's too, there's too many variables, isn't Turbulence. there? Standing up at a bar or on a plane. I'm not fucking James Bond. I feel safer in my seat with a drink with a seatbelt on. 
But these people are wandering around this fucking plane, carefree, <clears throat> playing instruments, playing games. It's astonishing, isn't it? Well, I mean, I'm, you've just got me wondering there, what would the insurance liability be for a plane with 200 kids on, on Christmas Day? And none of them with their belts on. Yeah. I don't like know. nowadays, got me they, they have to keep your seatbelts on sign is practically throughout the whole flight, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah, you've got me wondering now. But um, although at one point it does, the, the feed does break down, doesn't it? And they do say that they're at a certain height or a distance where they're, they're, they're not But facing. he said that that was planned. He goes, what you've just seen is something that we expected yeah. to happen. Mm, exactly, yeah. I don't know. It could be one of the great mysteries of live television, I guess. But Fergal Sharky's there with his band and they're going to do You Little Thief, which was the, the follow-up to his uh, number one single, A Good Heart. Uh, and this is the, the the caption comes on the screen: "World's first in-flight pop performance." <laughs> We've been crying out for this for decades. And He's it says, obsessed with world first, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's all about achievements, isn't it? And breaking new ground and everything. And mm. it says, "Live, two thousand five hundred feet above London." That must be twenty-five thousand feet above London, surely. Can't be two thousand five hundred feet. Oh, it might be two and a half fucking two hundred and fifty feet above the tarmac um so the song starts and the, the the rest of the band are playing along in time they're really going for it yeah and then it gets to the vocal and fergal doesn't start singing he doesn't know when to start miming it's like that all about eve appearance on top of the pops it was a few years later yeah where they did martha's harbour it's excruciating to watch but yeah. i know that it's coming because the band really go for it with gusto and I'd actually yeah. forgotten what a good song it was as well. That's great, isn't it? Because mm. it was a follow-up to A Good Heart, which had been a big hit, number one. Yeah. And this one is less well-remembered, I guess, but it's really good. So it starts, it's this sort of pop-funk intro, and there's the saxophonist and the, all of the guitarists. There. They're fucking going for it, big style. It's yeah. a really great build-up. Cuts to Fergal, who I thought... I remember Fergal being a very animated front man. Very much yeah. the Jamiroquai of his day. <laughs> right. Sort of, but yeah. he, st- he stood there and he looked fucked off. So I I sensed from him, I thought, why isn't he moving? He looks awkward because he's just sort of standing in a bit of a gormless way. Mm. He's got red bands on so you can't see his eyes, but his eyes must be ablaze with confusion or, or fury. But I don't understand how the rest of the band know what they're playing along to, but Fergal, who stood two feet in front of them, doesn't know when to join in and sing. Do you know what I mean? It's obviously the, there's a playback track that they're playing along to. Maybe it's coming for an earpiece and his earpiece is fat. I, I looked, I couldn't see any earpiece. Maybe there is, I don't know, but I couldn't figure it out. But uh, He's not fucking happy. He's in not fact, happy. He's not. He is it's not staged. And, uh, and, and it really ruins the illusion because they're making an effort to mime and he makes no effort to mime, but you can still hear his vocal track. Yeah. So... For a child, there was a lot of children who didn't understand that miming was going on on top of the yeah. pops and all these other shows. So it must have really freaked them out and maybe saddened them. Yeah. Um, but and I feel Father that, Christmas isn't real. that Michael Hurl kept that going for too long. That really, after a couple of seconds of realising yeah. what happened, go cut back to the studio. Yeah. We'll it go back. The There's a technical it? hitch. Yeah. Yeah. But they let it breathe for ages. It's excruciating to watch eventually I think Noel does a good job of because that is a bad moment they cut back to the studio and Noel does what he does best he just laughs and goes <laughs> oh my god what's going on here unbelievable 
He makes a quip about Fergal Sharkey singing without moving his lips, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. That's right. Yeah. And I feel that that kind of brushes over it enough. But it's probably the most dramatic moment of the whole two-hour show, isn't it? When that happens. And you never never see it in clip shows again, do you? Never. I wonder if Fergal Sharkey bought the the rights to maybe just, or maybe it. Noel because maybe Noel, maybe Noel did, he laughed yeah. it off on screen but maybe off screen he was like Inside, I'm fuming about livid. this yeah yeah I I think that it's um it's a moment where I even though I'm watching it fully aware that this is years and years several decades old hmm. I felt genuine intense panic when it happened Your blood started to run cold did it I'm yeah. sat in 2021 on a Saturday night watching it on my iPad lying hmm. on my bed Mm. And I, I genuinely panicked. I thought I was going to have a panic attack. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> ah, they're on the jumbo jet. Everything they're going to cra- activate the crankies. Is the plane going to crash? Ah! <laughs> they're going to crash it into the telecom tower and everyone will die. You <laughs> dialed 999. There's a terrible Hello? thing happening. It's Santa Lady. I'm watching Noel's Christmas party from 1985. Fergal Sharky's not miming. I think the plane's going to go down. Where where is this happening, sir? In the sky. It's happening now. In the sky from 1985. 1985. Um. It was was a chilling moment. It was. And I don't know how the rest of the band are playing in time and and Fergal can't hear the vocals, but we'll, we'll probably never know. So anyway, we quickly then cut away. I think they'll see some people swimming in the Thames. I don't know where the footage from that's coming from. Um, <laughs> he just starts going round. He starts doing quick fire around the quick regions. Quick fire regions. Yeah. Um, um, they go, go to somewhere. I can't remember where, right? And I have to say this before I forget because I've just seen it in my notes, mm. right? Um, they, they're hovering above. The camera is hovering above. I think it might be Smitty's helicopter camera. is hovering yeah. above one bunch of people in the regions who are lining up to do some bullshit thing yeah and Noel says oh we can see there and there's a woman down on the ground who's on the phone to Noel yes and the camera is looking down and Noel's saying I can see you all down I'm not sure one which one you are and she went well this is me I'm waving now and he goes oh yes he goes I can see a gentleman juggling yeah right and she says it's a woman actually and then she pauses and goes, "She's, but she's just very butch." Yes. <laughs> yeah. No need to say it. Yeah. But like, she's like, no, she says it's a woman, and Noel sort of babbles something like, "Well, I think I can be excused from this distance or something yeah, like that." Two hundred feet. And the woman's just like, she should leave it, but she panics. She thinks, "I must protect Noel. Yeah, this yeah, could make exactly. Noel look yeah. foolish." But he is the television celebrity, and yeah. I must protect him like a human shield. I must jump in front of a bullet for him. Yeah. So she says unnecessarily. I was not that concerned. He goes, no, "It's a long way away. I couldn't. I couldn't see her tits. <laughs> it's miles away. There was no <laughs> maybe, way I could spot maybe her tits, her tits from here. are small. <laughs> <laughs> Much less her fanny. That's harder to see. In, in, in any case, let alone from the sky." Let me ask you, have you ever been able to see a fanny from the sky? Me neither. Right? And she just unnecessarily blurts, she's just very butch. 
How must yeah. that juggler, that juggless have felt if she watched back a, a exactly. video recording later? Well, maybe there, there weren't that many videos around then, so hopefully she wouldn't have seen it. I hope it. she's never seen it. But um, <clears throat> that's the thing. It's that mentality that covered up so many sex crimes by TV personalities because the, the, the general public at large would just excuse them anything and cover up for them because they were so important. Yeah, we can't cause them embarrassment. That would yeah, be awful. Yeah, exactly. Strange mentality. So, Are you uh, saying that Noel Edmonds mistaking a female juggler for a male juggler from a helicopter cam in 1985 was effectively a sex crime? <laughs> no. no sex crime that. 85? No. Sex crime. Did the Eurythmics write a song about this? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that mentality of protecting... The personality yeah, from yeah, embarrassment. Yeah, the famous person always yeah, gets protected. Something in it. Right, so, it doesn't matter. I've accidentally called a woman a man. It doesn't matter. Move on. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me help. You don't need to help me. It doesn't matter. I'm in the sky. Everyone will excuse me. No, no, it's fine. I'll t- I'll explain it. She's butch. She, she might be a lesbian. She's butch. Look at her. She's got a moustache and she's very muscular. Oh, she's repulsive. She's not feminine in the least. There was no need to say that, but thank you. Oh, God. Um, uh, we're going to Norwich now, where I believe Smitty's got a butch juggler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right, Noel. And she sure is butch. Easily mistaken for a man. Remarkable stuff. She's got short hair as well. What a loon. <laughs> Must be one of these newfangled lesbians we've been reading so much about in the newspapers. I'll tell you what, we'll leave it there because we're about to go back to Iceboe, who's trying to melt the blocks of ice after jumping out of an exploding fridge earlier on. Um, so we'll, we'll cover that. <laughs> we'll cover that in the next episode of this Christmas extravaganza. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.